It's Tuesday, October 19th, and this is Golf Today. Rory McIlroy with an important win on Sunday with Damon and I both taking a day off on Monday. It's Tuesday reactionary show day. We'll talk about what this means for Rory and discuss his crazy roller coaster, his mentality, why he's one of the great interviews in all of sports and plenty more. And after Rory, we'll bring Paige McKenzie on to discuss Ricky Fowler's great week in Vegas. We'll talk historically Ricky Fowler, play a little game of fair or Fowler, and just praise a step in the right direction for the 32-year-old. We also have an emotional chat with Brett White from a man that couldn't walk and had to relearn how to walk to getting a conditional status card on the Corn Ferry Tour. We will discuss all that with Brett White, plus who hits the ball longer, Brett or his sister. And also, Rom needs rest and deserves it. Jin Young Ko is back at it and open to pick up another dub. Phil on the Champs Tour. Lots on this Tuesday. Let's rock. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Golf Today on a Tuesday, Damon Hack and Sh Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Shane Bacon, and this is a television show, and we are talking golf. How you doing, my friend? Well, you know, uh, we tease the show a lot. You know, yeah, tease, yeah. get people excited about what's to come. And I am sitting next to arguably, arguably, the greatest sports gambler of all time. That'll be later in the show. But it's been really nice to kind of watch you get into this world a little bit, D-Hack. You're hitting homer after homer. Yeah, I'm pretty ignorant, if we're honest. But I'm a quick learner. You know, I might have been born yesterday, but I stayed up all night. We'll do our little locks of the week a little bit later. I'm, I'm undefeated. I'm kind of dabbling in the NFL as well. I'm having some fun. Hopefully you're not chasing this Dodgers. Uh, oh, start. I don't want to talk I, about it. Uh, yeah. I know you didn't want to go down the Dodgers. But we got a game tonight. We got a, got yeah, a game yeah. tonight. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You want to talk a little Rory McIlroy? Oh, how nice to see Rory back uh, in the winner's circle. I tell you what, that Ryder Cup, that Sunday, it was cleansing for him, was it not? But the year's been kind of up and down. It's been like a, a Rory coaster. So it's time to take a ride on the Rory coaster because it has been up and down. So we flash back to the Players' Championship, and Rory's chasing speed. This is the cut by 10 shots. And I tell you what, quadruple bogey to end his first round. Rory McIlroy in full-on search mode. Probably like October last year, doing a little bit of speed training, sort of getting sucked into that stuff. Um, swing got flat, long. Um, too rotational. Obviously, added some speed and hitting the ball longer, but uh, what that did to my swing as a whole um, probably wasn't a good thing. So I'm sort of fighting to get back out of that. Um, probably that's what I'm frustrated with. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't anything to do with what Bryson did at the U.S. Open. I think a lot of people saw that and were like, whoa, you know, if this is the way they're going to set golf courses up in the future, 
it helps. It really helps. So struggles at the players. Let me go to a place that Roy McIlroy just loves. If you're in a one-and-done league this coming year, just hold Roy McIlroy for uh, Quill Hall. I'd, I'd say that's the play. Yeah, that's his happy place. His third win at Wells, 68-68 on the weekend. His 19th PGA Tour victory. First win since November of 2019 by one shot over Abraham. Answer, and we see these images, and that's Rory in Charlotte. Now the growing family, we saw him as baby Rory, and now he's the papa. But you look at the season in review, you see that's the, the lone win at this point. And six top ten finishes, 12 top 25. But Rory entering the FedEx Cup playoffs, acknowledging that he was pretty exhausted. I mean, this morning, I was tired. Look, we all had a long week last week as well. So, um, but even just like... Just summoning up the effort to get up out of bed and go get to your 7.20 pro-am tea time was sort of, took, it took a little more effort today than it usually does. Um, but yeah, just everything, you know, it's just, it's a lot of golf. It's, um, you know, it's, it's hard to feel fresh at this time in the season and uh, it all just sort of catches up with you. So I don't know if I could pinpoint one particular thing. It's just sort of everything blended together. So we go to the Ryder Cup, where Roy McIlroy was going to be the face of the European team alongside John Rahm, and really one of the veterans in the room, even with some of the 40-somethings there as well. It was a tough Ryder Cup for Roy McIlroy. You see 1-3-0, that lone victory in a singles match, 12-12-4 now overall in his Ryder Cup career. And then Roy McIlroy, following the singles victory, gave us one of the moments of 2021. Yeah, um... Yeah, I just, um, <laughs> sorry, no, take your time, take your time. I know it's tough. There's a scoreboard behind us, and these are incredibly tough circumstances, especially with Padraig here. I love being a part of this team. I love my teammates so much, and I should have done more from, for them this week. Um, I'm glad I put a point on the board for Europe today, but... You know, I just, I just can't wait to get another shot at this. Um, it is. It is by far the best experience in golf. And I hope little boys and girls watching this today aspire to play in this, this event or the Solheim Cup because there's nothing better than being a part of a team, especially the bond that we have in Europe. And no matter what happens after this, I'm proud of every single one of those players that played this week. I'm proud of our captain, our vice captains. You know, I just I, I wish I could have done a little more for the team. I'm glad I got a point on the board today, but um, you know, it's it's been a tough week. Tears in Wisconsin to the desert of Las Vegas after a kind of nondescript 68-67 start. The Jets open up 62 in the third round, 66 in the final round, holding putts from off the green, learning a lot about himself and liking what he sees in the mirror. There was a lot of reflection the last couple of weeks, and, um, you know, this is what I need to do. I just need to, I need to play golf. I need to... I need to simplify it. I need to just be me. I, I think for the last few months I was maybe trying to be someone else to try to get better. And, you know, I sort of realized that being me is enough and being me, you know, I can, I can do things like this. 
what a year, what a journey for Rory McIlroy. But what have we learned about this player who, who looked lost, ex exhausted, tired, looking to do anything but play golf? Instead, he adds his 20th PGA Tour victory this weekend. I think you look at a guy that took whatever happened at the Ryder Cup and said, I, I can't be this player that loses three team matches. I can't be a player that can't compete against the best in the world. I, I believe that I am one of the best golfers in the world, and I got to find that. You know, Roy McIlroy is an emotional superstar, D. That's rare. I mean, I mean, yeah. most superstars are dedicated and obsessed with their craft. And when you hear Roy McIlroy talk about golf not defining who he is, I mean, you think about the Michael Jordans of this world who lived to be on the basketball court and step on your throat and let you know about it and then talk about the game after. Rory doesn't come off like a guy that does that. And so when you see somebody so unique in Rory McIlroy where emotionally you see the ups and you see the downs and we see it at his craft, but Rory McIlroy knows this isn't who he is at 32 years old. It's not yeah. going to be who he is at 40 years. When he was 22, golf was everything. When he was 25, I'm sure golf was everything. And golf is very, very important to him. But it's cool to see a guy as decorated as Rory McIlroy being okay with who he is and who he wants to be and who he, who he has become in a very, very short run. I mean, we, we think of Rory and feel like he's 40 or 45. Yeah, he's, he's only wise. 32. He's been around for a long, long time in our lives, D, and it's just, again, it, it's refreshing. You and I root for this guy. He's a very, very easy human being to root for. He's an easy golfer to root for, and, and it's nice to see the game kind of uh, match up to where he is mentally right now. Yeah, it's almost like Kohler was a low point, almost like rock bottom, almost like he had to let go and say, look at where I am right now. I, I am winless in this Ryder Cup. I've sat out a session for the first time in my career, and then Padraig Harrington puts him out first, and, and it's almost like it hit him. Like, this, this is my opportunity to kind of turn this season, this year, this malaise on its head, and, and he just was awash in tears and emotion, and I thought that it would be a cleansing thing for him, that those tears were important, that that emotion was important. So you know what? I love this game. I love this team. I love this camaraderie, and I love golf, and I want to get back to that and remember who I am, and he goes out in Vegas and puts on a fantastic performance over the weekend, 62-66 to beat a fantastic field, including Colin Morikawa and a resurgent Ricky Fowler. I don't think this will be the final time that Rory has a walk in the wilderness. Right. I think that's kind of who he is. He is a sensitive soul. He is a different kind of superstar. But, man, it's nice to see Rory McIlroy at the height of his power. I was, I was thinking as we're watching these clips and watching that emotional Rory McIlroy interview, and we've seen that a dozen times or so, watching Rory McIlroy break down at the Ryder Cup. I do wonder, in a way, if Roy McIlroy, in the words he speaks about the Ryder Cup and how important it is to him now, and how important it, it maybe wasn't early in his career, and how important it is because the best week of his year yeah. on the golf course. I wonder if there's a part of Rory that says, I got to play a little better because mm. I want to qualify for this team. I'm going to be a captain's pick, sure, yeah. but I got to play better golf right now because when you look at Rory McIlroy when he's at his best and you look yeah. at the two victories, from Rory McIlroy versus the times when we haven't seen Rory show up. Talk about the Players' Championship. You know, he's defending champion, makes quadruple bogey in that opening round, shoots 43 on the way out. I mean, just look at what you're seeing statistically for, for Rory McIlroy. You know, Stroh's game putting value in the Wells Fargo. Putted great. CJ Cup, he putted great. And you look at some of the missed cuts, and the putter didn't show up. The ball striking where it wasn't there as well. Rory McIlroy is the modern player, and he was the modern player really before what yeah. we've seen this modern player looks like. They're, they're the great ball strikers that when the putter is there, they have a great week and have a chance yeah. to contend. We've said that a lot about Colin Morikawa this year. It's a reminder to me, too, that, that being great and greatness, it's just not simple, especially the older that you get. And Rory has talked about kind of the loss of innocence uh, on the way up as you learn more about yourself and more about life and become a father and a husband. And now you have to kind of juggle it 
and balance it because, you know, the Rory fans want to see the killer. They want to see the guy bouncing along the fairway, winning major championships by eight. And that's going to be harder for him to do at this point. I mean, I think we saw with Tiger Woods as well. Tiger was still winning major championships in the middle 2000s and 2006, 7, and 8. He wasn't winning by 15 right. and by 12 and by 8. He had to do it a different way. I think Rory McIlroy is, is trying to figure out how am I going to get the best golf out of me at this point in my life where it's not just about me anymore. It's about us. It's about family. I think he's still having to figure that out. Has everything been solved by victory in Las Vegas? I don't think so. I think we'll learn more about Rory as he chases that fifth major, as he chases a green jacket in the career Grand Slam. But I think it was an important step this weekend. It's, it's looking back on something that happened on the golf course that was positive. Yeah. When you think about Augusta National and you think about getting to the Masters and you think about getting to the players, you think about getting to the U.S. Open and the PGA and the Open Championship, if Wells Fargo was the last good memory on a golf course mm. that he plays well at basically every single year, that's tough to stomach. It's yeah. tough to go. My best golf was a year ago. My best yeah. golf was a year and a half ago. To have this victory, maybe it doesn't mean a ton for the people outside of the Rory McIlroy camp yeah. and outside of really diehard Rory McIlroy fans, but it means a lot for Rory McIlroy, yeah. and that's all that matters. If it means a lot for the guy that won and took home the trophy and he can carry some positives from this yeah. going forward, you think about emotional Rory from the Ryder Cup versus a guy that says, I'm very happy with who I am. Yeah. And, and you know, the sport doesn't define who I am, but I'm very, very happy and I'm content with who I am. Me is good enough. It seems like a completely different guy. There's not a lot of golf left in the season either, Damon. Yeah. So this is a very positive thing to take into the winter. Especially for a player who was searching at the Players' Championship, where he's the defending champ and misses the cut by 10. And then, because he's so honest, says, well, yeah, I was chasing distance. I, I can't say that I wasn't influenced by what Bryson DeChambeau was doing. Now, who admits that? What other superstar is going to say, hey, you know, I was trying to be like another guy? When your superpower is driving the golf ball, you, you drive the golf ball in a way that 99.9% of the world wants to do it, and probably 95 to 100% of the PGA Tour right. would like to drive it like Rory McIlroy does. So he puts himself out there so often. He puts himself in a vulnerable position. I love what he said about, you know what? I'm good enough. What I have, the way I play golf, is good enough to win tournaments on the PGA Tour. It sounds like he's back He's back with Mike, Michael Bannon, his childhood coach. He, he dabbled with, with Pete Cowan. They worked on some things, but it sounds like he's going kind of back to, 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 the, to the dance that, that the, the woman that he was with. You know, go, go with, the, with the girl that brung you. And that's what he's doing right now. And I love that Rory McIlroy is finding himself comfortable in his skin once again. In an era of players saying very little, and interviews. Oh, he's amazing. He's the best soundbite in sports. I really believe that. Every time he talks, and you mentioned it, sometimes saying stuff maybe he shouldn't say. Yeah. I keep going back to 2020 at the PGA Championship when he said, maybe I'm not as good as I used to be. Yeah. That's something you don't hear a lot from players. Imagine yeah. a, a Brooks Kepka saying mm. something like that. It wouldn't come out of Kepka's mouth. That's not who Brooks Kepka is. But for Roy McIlroy, to be this talented and at times this vulnerable is a very, very special thing and a great athlete. And just for an observer of golf, how nice to see Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler Together again on a PGA Tour leaderboard. These are two players who have defined, you know, golf for the, for the last decade plus. You know, they competed, you know, in a Walker Cup back in 2007. I mean, these 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 are you know, old pictures of, of players that we had no idea where their career was going to go. And neat to see Rory and Ricky together you know, on a Sunday in Vegas after having this history that they have, and the history can follow them for years and years to come. Great moments there. Always nice to see these images of young amateur players that we hope turn out to be great professionals. Yeah. And then you see something like this go through 2011, some very, very young 
professional golfers in Korea, Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy. That's just that's a looking ahead at their career right there. Yeah. See that? That's, that's looking at the landscape. Ricky's first pro win by six shots over Rory McIlroy in Korea. And then, of course, Ricky's first PGA Tour Such win. Such a good at shot. Well, that wedge oh. beat Rory and DA points in the playoff. A fantastic shot on that difficult final hole. And we've just seen these two kind of mirror each other a little bit just in terms of chasing one another from time to time. And Rory won his Claret Jug. Ricky Fowler was in the mix, was in the fold alongside Sergio Garcia. Big moments tend to lean towards Rory McIlroy. But these guys are buddies. They've talked yeah. a lot about their, their, their real friends. You know, they're not golf friends. They're true buddies. And they've done a lot over the years together on and off the golf course. This, of course, the TaylorMade Driving Relief back in 2020 during kind of the height of the pandemic yeah. out there to raise money, doing a great job alongside Matthew Wolf and Dustin Johnson. Yeah, two players that folks really, really root for. And it leads us to our Tuesday trivia question at the 2007 Walker Cup. Ricky Fowler defeated Rory McIlroy in foursomes match. Who was Ricky's partner that day? Hit us up at GC Golf today. Do you know the answer to that? I have a guess. Okay, okay. I, I have a guess. I'll reveal it later in the show. Same, same. Right now, we're going to head to commercial. Coming up, Ricky Fowler back in the mix this weekend at the CJ Cup. Picking up his best finish since March of 2019. We dissect Ricky's week. Plus a little game of fair or foul or a little throwback when golf today returns. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. This season, don't just bet, live your bet life. And Bushnell Golf and the Pro XC, experience the best. And by Geico, you could save even more by bundling home and car insurance. That's very frustrating. Um, you know, it's made it, you know, at times, you know, tough between, you know, Joe and I on the course. I mean, um, we have a great relationship. We've known each other for a long time. But, I mean, when I'm out there and I'm not hitting shots that I'm visualizing and seeing and, um, you know, it's it's hard. It's, it's tough for all of us that are involved from, you know, my caddy to, you know, my wife, she's having to deal with me at home. I'm, I'm trying to be the best husband that I can, uh, not not bringing golf back back home. But, you know, when you're out on the road that long and on the grind, putting in the work at home, you know, it's it's pretty much been all golf. A lot of people have asked, you know, have you been able to fish much at home? It's like not really. I've been, you know, days that I have off, I just take completely off. Um, and then it's it's been workout therapy and, and golf. Um so, yeah, everyone that's part of my team, from Coach, Tillery, um, you know, I haven't really seen my agent a whole lot with the restrictions and them not being able to travel, but my, my trainer, Derek, um, you know, we're all in this together and we're going to keep keep battling it out. But, yeah, it's it's been frustrating. I'm ready to be past that. Ricky with our own Steve Burkowski at Bay Hill. Tell you what, there have been a lot of lows for Ricky Fowler, fell outside the top 50 in the world for the first time since 2014, outside the top 100 for the first time since 2010, failed to qualify for the Masters or U.S. Open, failed to reach the FedEx Cup playoffs for the first time in his career. And this weekend, he talked about the tough parts of the last couple of years. In the recent struggles, was there ever a time you didn't think about winning? I mean, it crosses your mind. You know, everyone's gone through ups and downs in golf, and, and when you're in those those low points, it's... You know, there's times where you, you wonder, like, am I ever going to be, you know, back in that position? Obviously, you believe that you can, but, 
there's those thoughts of like, you know, golf is obviously one of the most humbling sports there is. And, you know, you can never take it for granted. So being in those positions, you know, you know where you want to be. You know you can be there. You've been there before. But it, it seems like a, a long uphill battle. But it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's definitely been humbling. We've been patient. But uh, nice to see some stuff start paying off. And nice to see it paying off. In tournament form, Ricky Fowler having a great week out in Las Vegas. Held a 54-hole lead at the CJ Cup. Didn't take home the trophy, but it was a good, positive tournament for Mr. Ricky Fowler. T-third for Ricky. His best finish since March of 2019. This sent out on social media today. It wasn't a Sunday we wanted, but it sure felt good to be back in the mix. A big thank you to the CJ Cup for a great week. Son of Club for hosting. Congrats to... Rory McIlroy, and number 20 on the PGA Tour, impressive stuff. That had a lot of exclamation marks in that tweet from Ricky <laughs> Fowler, which means things are going good now for Ricky Fowler, Dave. Yeah, I mean, first and strokes gained off the tee, first and strokes gained tee to green this week. I tell you what, the putter was cold. He was 51st and strokes gained putting, three putted six and 10 when you really can't do that in contention. But I think big picture for this player who I talked to in May at the PGA Championship, but I told you before the show, he was all positive. Listen, my putter is cold, but I know that I'm working on the right thing. So he goes to Vegas and hangs out with Butch Harmon, his old coach, not to work on things specifically, but Butch says, what you're working on with John Tillery, the swing looks good. Then he goes out there and has his best finish in a couple of years. Ricky is moving in the right direction. He's kept a positive attitude. I think if the putter warms up, it's the same thing he said in the spring, it's the same thing that happened this weekend, I think he'll be right where he wants to be. Yeah, to find form out of the abyss, you need moments. And this yeah. was a big moment for Ricky Fowler. And you've seen a lot of comps to Jordan Spieth and what Jordan Spieth has done this season. I go back to the Memorial in 2020 for Jordan Spieth, just finishing outside the top 10. Mm. It wasn't a win, and it wasn't a top five for Jordan Spieth, but it was a really, really solid week in a, in a big field with big, big names, right? Jordan Spieth missed mm. three cuts after that shot, 81 at Wingfoot in the U.S. Open. But it seemed like that was a step in the right direction. And you look at Ricky Fowler over the last year, and he's had some good finishes, and he's had some good moments. He had it at the PGA Championship when he got that special exemption in there and finishes in the top ten, and then the Memorial this year mm. as well. Finishes just outside the top ten, much like Jordan Spieth. These are steps, D. These are big, big steps for professional golfers. For Ricky Fowler now, much like Jordan Spieth, now the step's the final round. Yeah. Now it's button it up Sunday, because if you remember, Spieth really, really struggled in those yeah. final rounds when he was in contention early this year. You yeah. know, he was right there at the Waste Management, struggled on Sunday. We saw it kind of across the board for Jordan Spieth until he picked up that victory. Mm. For Ricky Fowler now, it's just tightening it up when things feel so different on Sunday, because you can go back to those moments, you can mm. go back to those emotions, but you don't truly know where you're going to be mm. until it's the Sunday and you're there in the final pairing. You mentioned moments. Rory McIlroy had a moment watching Ricky Fowler saying, this is what tells me that Vintage. Ricky will be back. It's that five iron that he hit on the 11th hole. This par three. Check this out. This is from almost 250 yards. And Rory, of course, is such a, you know, a, a wonderful human being. He's like, yeah, I was watching my buddy. I was watching Ricky. You know, he wasn't staying in his bubble. He wanted to see what kind of shots that Ricky would hit. And this shot told Rory, you know what? My guy's not that far away. He is this close from being back to hoisting trophies. So that's Rory McIlroy kind of giving a little love to his competitors. So, you know, I was interested in what Ricky would bring on this Sunday. That was a quality golf shot in the heat of the battle. Quality golf week. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Across the board. I mean, it yep. was a win for Ricky Fowler. He yes. didn't leave with a trophy, yes. but it was a win. There's a reason there's exclamation marks in all yes. those tweets. It's because Ricky Fowler sees the CJ Cup yes. in 2021 mm. as something I can build on. I can build on this going forward. We've got some tournaments and some, and some golf courses that I love in the early parts of the schedule. 
Let's see what a happens. A winner in who didn't win, perhaps? A Definitely winner. a winner that didn't win. You want to bring Paige McKenzie in? Love Paige. Let's bring Love Paige, Paige. Okay. McKenzie in for a game called Fair or Fowler. Paige McKenzie. You're hosting this bad boy. That's the rumor I'm hearing. I love it. I needed a, like a pair of glasses and a, a notepad or something, but uh, I'm ready for it because I'm going to give you some bold statements about Ricky. You can tell me if I'm being fair or fouler. So the first off is Ricky's biggest opponent himself. Wow, that is bold. That is bold. His biggest opponent is himself. I'm going to say fouler. I'm going to say foul. I, I think Ricky's biggest opponent is an exterior. I think Ricky is his best friend and needs to be his best friend and has the belief system right now. I don't think he has to overcome anything with himself now. I believe that he is going in the right direction. I believe he believes he has worked on the right things. I think that he's probably put his putter in a bit of a vulnerable position, leaving Butch, going to John Tillery, having to incorporate new swing thoughts, and now he's trying to get the putter back up to the level that it's been at the height of his power. I'm going to say that's Fowler. I'm going to say Fowler as well. Ooh. Ricky Fowler turned pro in 2009. You know who wasn't on the PGA Tour in 2009? Names like, names like Colin Morikawa and mm. John Rahm. You know, these were young, young players that are now dominating professional golf. So it's not just beating yourself and trying to get past the demons that always creep in the professional golfer's mind, but it's having to beat these new age great players that Ricky mm. Fowler didn't have to compete with when he was a youngster. I'm going Fowler as well, Paige. Okay, I, I actually kind of appreciate both of your takes on this. Typically, I think that most golfers would say their biggest opponent is themselves, but we've seen such positive comments from Mickey Fowler staying in the process. So I, I kind of agree with you on that one. So next, Ricky Fowler's best golf is behind him. I would, I'm going to say this is fair. And the reason I'm going to say it's fair is because Ricky Fowler's life's changing by the minute, and it's about to change a lot more and he can talk about focusing in golf but it's a lot harder to focus on the sport at hand when a you don't ever have to worry about finances the rest of your life and you've got a lot more stuff at home that matters more than a golf ball and a score on a golf hole so I, I feel like what we saw from Ricky Fowler the, the way he finished in the top five for a full season in the major championships that was unbelievable golf it's going to be tough for Ricky to touch that again so so I, I think it's fair I think it's behind him I'm going to say Fowler at the age of 32 I mean how many times have we seen this movie where Phil can't win a major. Oh, he gets into his 30s, gets it done. Adam Scott can't win a major, gets into his 30s, gets it done. Justin Rose can't win a major, gets into his 30s, and gets it done. When I've spoken to, to the Justin Thomases of the world, the Jordan Spieths of the world, they have told me it is laughable to think that Ricky Fowler will not win a major championship. I'm going to go with his homies, with his buddies who compete against him, who play practice rounds with him, who travel with him, do the SB2K thing with Ricky Fowler. I believe that life perspective, marriage, soon to be a father, is only going to enhance one of the more soulful players on the PGA Tour. I'm going to say Fowler, I do not believe his best golf is behind him. But what about the consistency of his golf, Damon? I don't disagree. Like, I think a major championship could be in his future. But I also believe life kind of happens on a bell curve. We've seen an enormous peak for Ricky. Do you think he could have that consistency that he once had? I do. I do. I don't know if it's going to be four top fives in majors, but I believe we will see him contending in majors once again. I think much like with Jordan Spieth, the perspective of being lost, the perspective of losing what you've once had, 
your invitation to the Masters, your exemption into the U.S. Open. Those are wake-up calls. All players have them at some point. Even the best of the best, Tigers had to put his game back together. You know, you think about Phil Mickelson driving off the tent at Wingfoot and having to bounce back from that and, you know, winning a Claret Jug, which nobody saw coming, winning a Wanamaker at the age of 50. I believe Ricky Fowler, when things are right, and I've told him to his face, I think he has the best putting stroke on the PGA Tour. I can't abandon him now. Uh, I believe in Ricky Fowler. <laughs> I believe that the best is yet to come. Well, you put him in some heady company in those examples, so I may know where you're going with this next statement. But Ricky Fowler is one of the best players of the decade. I'm going to have to say Fowler. I'm going to have to say Fowler on that. As much love as I just gave him, as much as I enjoyed watching that tremendous run where he had the Players' Championship and the Scottish, and he won in the playoffs, I do not believe he's one of the best players of the last decade. I think major championships uh, define greatness. Obviously, the FedEx Cup as well. Winning that season-long race is a huge part of how we calculate the best in this generation of golf. And Ricky Fowler does not own either of those things. There's not a major championship that he's won. He's not won the FedEx Cup. There has not been enough consistent victories, big trophies. So I'm going to say that is a statement that is Fowler. I'm going to go with D-Hack here. You know, I kind of look at the best of a decade in terms of first-team All-NBA. And when you really kind of dive in, to the five best players of a decade. I don't have Ricky Fowler in that five. And it's not because of what Ricky Fowler's done. It's what other people have done. It's the dominance we've seen from so many big names, the Dustin Johnsons, the Rory McIlroys, Justin Thomas, Kepka. Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, even a, a name like Colin Morikawa with two majors already, you could argue, has already surpassed a Ricky Fowler career to this point. So for me, I'm not putting him at one of the best of the last decade, and it's simply because when you start to list out the names, Ricky continues to get pushed down that list. Mm. I agree. I don't think he's in the top five, but I still think he's absolutely underrated for the quality and longevity that he's shown. We already showed a graphic where he fell out of the top 50 the first time in 2014. He actually only had five weeks outside the top 50 in the world since 2011. And since uh, I think it was July 2014 and February 2020, he was within the top 25 in the world, almost six years. That kind of consistency, I feel like you have to at least consider that he's in that threshold just outside that top five. Yeah. I think he's vastly underappreciated for the longevity that he's had. I'd probably put him outside the top ten. I think if you, you know, put a little lie detector on him, you know, if you put the things here, you put them here, and you, and you, you held him down and said, you know, Ricky, you describe your, your last decade, I think he would say that there have been some moments, some weekends, some Sundays that have been wanting. Uh, I think that's... Uh, the quality of golf that he believes he should have produced and still has in him perhaps, but I don't think you can put him in the same class as the consistency and the consistent winners like Dustin Johnson, like a, a Brooks Kepka, for example, in, in the biggest moments when that bright, hot, white spotlight is shining the most. Yeah, I, I don't think you'd see Ricky Fowler give himself an A-plus yeah. grade for this part of his career. I think if you asked him what the grade is of this portion of his professional golf, I think he probably rated a B something. You yeah. know, maybe maybe a C plus if he was being quite honest, just because he's been so close. And and I preach consistency on this show all the time. But when we're diving into historical great players 
We're talking about victories, and mm. we're talking about major championships. And for Ricky Fowler right now, he's lacking in both of those departments. Ricky Fowler, a great, great player, yeah. and hopefully he makes it on the next decade list. But as of right now, there's just so many names <laughs> with so many polished, uh, polished Wikipedia pages mm. that I feel like will uh, we'll pass what Ricky's done to this point. Great stuff. Paige I want to see your top 15. Oh, yeah. We'll put that together during commercial. <laughs> we, got, we got months. We got, <laughs> we got months and months to do that, Paige. Paige will be back in just a little bit, maybe Perfect. with the, the glasses and the notebook uh, as she <laughs> wants to have. But coming up next, how about the world number one? John Rum, should we sound the alarm? He's missed the cut in two of his last three events. No alarm. It means he's ready for some rest. Yeah, yeah. He needs some rest. We'll look back on Take his calendar year with golf today. Returns. He's had a bit of a roller coaster as well. Welcome back to golf today. World number one, John Rahm teed it up in Spain last week, shooting a 7 over 78 on Thursday, not posting a single birdie. John Rahm, yeah, that John Rahm. He followed that up with a 3 over 74 on Friday, showing some frustration. Here are the last three results for the world number one. Missed cut, tie for 17, missed cut. John Rahm speaking to the Associated Press saying, this is the first time in my life that I don't want to see a golf club. And this comes from someone who loves this sport. And after a year in which some pretty good things have happened to me, more than my body, it is my mind that can't take it. I'm going to hang up my clubs for four weeks. I haven't stopped since the stoppage because of COVID. If we add it all up, I need to rest, Shane Bacon. And John Rahm does need to rest. It okay. feels a lot like Tom Brady and LeBron James, when you talk about their seasons as professional athletes, you tack on the playoff games that both of those players mm. have had, and it is extra season after extra yeah. season. For John Rahm, it's not just a 2021 that was, was long and he was playing a lot of events. It's how often he was in the hunt. And when I'm talking about in the hunt, I'm talking about Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Farmer's insurance, he finished in a tie for seventh. He was in a tie for second through 36 holes. Right there, right? Yeah. Two, two rounds at a golf course he loves. At the players, tie for fifth, entering the final round. Right there at the players. Mm. WGC Dell Technologies lost to Scotty Scheffler in the quarterfinals. That's five matches played of golf for John Rahm. Memorial, we know what happens there. Yes. Leading by six, playing some of the best golf of his career. Wins the U.S. Open. Scottish Open, he was yes. one back of the lead entering the final round. The list goes on and on. Open championship five back. Northern Trust 54-hole leader. BMW two back through 36 holes. Tour championship finished in a T first in terms of aggregate score for 37 through 72 holes and the Ryder Cup. This guy has not just played a lot of golf, but he's been in contention yes. each and every week. You talk about mentally exhausting. Yeah. He's lived in contention. 15 top 10 finishes this year, but it's also not just the golf. It's been the emotion of the year. He became a father in April, was the last player to arrive at Augusta National. Then you mentioned Memorial. He withdrew because he had COVID, had a six shot lead. Two weeks later, he wins the national championship at his favorite spot in the United States of America, continuing to knock the door down and live in contention. Number one player in the world he became after winning that U.S. Open. Gets to the Ryder Cup. He is the man with the target on his back, and he still goes three, one, and one, all but carrying the hopes of Europe. And then after that, he continues to, to play golf. And I think it's just about a player who is tired. I'm not worried a thing about John Rahm. When he walked out of that golf course in Kohler at Whistling Straits, I felt he was the best player in the world, and it wasn't even close. I see here today in mid-October feeling the same way. They miss a couple cuts. It's, it's okay. fine. I mean, this happens at this time yes. of year. You know why? Because golf does not stop. I mean, so many yes. sports have off-seasons. And for these professional golfers, if you do want to take three or four months away, you have to understand that in all the year-long 
stuff. The yes. Ryder Cup, Race to Dubai, everything. FedEx Cup. You are going to be behind the eight ball for the players that are playing yeah. golf. So it is, it is, it is a, a, an anxiety feeling yeah. of having to play a ton of golf. For John Rahm, it's important to take a step away. I do wonder, though, he says, I don't want to see a golf club. This guy's got to have framed the golf bags and clubs around his house over his eyes. in his trophy room. Does somebody move all those out in the garage? Yeah. I mean, he's going to have golf clubs in and around the house. I guarantee it. He's John Rome. Maybe they move them out and move the, move the baby stuff in. You know, you get all, you know, you put all this stuff, what do they call it, the swing, you put the little bassinet, you put all that stuff in there, the little, uh, the pack and play, put all that stuff around. And, and I don't think that's going to be understated or overstated as well. What that means to the, in terms of the change of your family. When you have you know, a child now, you become a father and just the, the ups and downs and swings of emotions and all of that as well and kind of figure that out and when to leave and when to arrive and how to, to juggle all of that. I think he's done it fantastically well. We'll talk about uh, who's the best at their best a little bit later, but but understandably, John Rahm, not to mention all the media requests and, and the everything that comes with being the number one player in the world. When you arrive to a golf tournament, you are under the spotlight. Everybody wants to speak with you. Everybody wants to have a piece of you. He's had to deal with that as well. And everybody wants to play with you because they yeah. know if they're playing golf with John Rahm, they're mm. playing well that week. Yeah. It has been an incredible season for John Rahm with just the one victory. I mean, yeah. when you think about what he did in 2021, mm. he's emerged as the most consistent golfer in the sport. Yeah. And John Rahm shows up each and every week, and it doesn't matter if a part of his game is not there because everything else is so strong that he knows it can carry him to a top-five finish and potentially a trophy. For John Rahm, I feel like this rest is going to lead to an enormous, enormous 2022 because now he doesn't have to answer any major championship questions anymore right he's going to be refreshed if he actually sticks to three months off hmm. and doesn't really touch a lot of golf clubs and spends time at home and doesn't focus on this sport to take this time away for John Rahm when you look at next year I think it's going to be the most important for his season coming forward because he's playing such good golf that's going hmm. to carry over the confidence is going to be there and just think about a relaxed John Rahm yeah think about a renewed John Rahm Scary, scary stuff. The expectations are there, but, man, he has some broad shoulders to carry them. All right, folks, when we return on this Tuesday, we share the incredible comeback story of Brett White from relearning how to walk to earning his Corn Ferry Tour card. We chat with Brett next. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Back on golf today. Real cool story here. Brett White spent three weeks in the hospital. Viral encephalitis. Following his hospital stay, he was confined to a wheelchair. Underwent 10 weeks of physical therapy to learn to walk again. He's three inside the cut line with nine holes to play at second stage. That the tweet from the Corn Ferry, and he would, in fact, play some incredible golf on the way in. 65 to close. Brett advanced through second stage, and his sister Sarah was there to witness it. Sarah now heads to second stage later this week, and Brett will be on the bag for her. That is a good mm. caddy relationship. Family first indeed, and 
Brett joins us on this Tuesday. Brett, it's great to see you. Four years ago, you were battling for your life after being diagnosed with encephalitis, swelling of the brain. You nearly died. You couldn't walk. How did you get from there to standing in the sunshine Friday with conditional status on the Corn Ferry Tour? Um, you know, a lot of hard work, definitely. Um, but just taking small goals and, um, you know, prepping and taking the time to achieve them. Um, so it's really a lot of small steps uh, in order to achieve something larger. But uh, yeah, coming up on 18, realizing that I was going to hit, you know, break a new goal, uh, it felt really good. And Brett, but, uh, it, a lot of short steps. Yeah, well, it wasn't just a solid week of golf at Q School. It was a blazing final round, eight birdies over your last 15 holes to post 65 and qualify. What clicked for you in that final round? Um, you know, the whole week I hit the ball really well. Um, first round got off uh, to a great start in rounds two and three. Just, um, you know, putts weren't dropping, but uh, I stayed patient, uh, made an early bogey, um, but I, you know, flipped the switch. I started seeing some putts go in. I think I birdied seven, eight, and nine, and uh, I pretty much knew that was going to be in the inside the cut line. Uh, so I just tried to say, uh, okay, maybe we'll get an insurance one here coming in, and I happened to make a lot of insurance putts. I mean, so it was a good feeling. You're smiling, you're bright-eyed, you're, you're happy, but it had to be very difficult for you, this process. How did you relearn how to walk? Um, you know, I stayed, uh, I stayed for two weeks in a, a rehabilitation hospital, Mary Freebed, um, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, a lot of... A lot of hard work goes into it. So, um, you know, I, I got support from my coaches, from my family. Um, my fiance, Natalie, I want to shout her out. Um, it was a lot of support, and uh, I couldn't have done it alone. But, um, you know, the, the drive to go and, and play golf, uh, the drive, I don't know. I didn't know how competitive I would be, but I knew that, uh, you know, if I gave it my best effort, went out there, it was going to lead me to better than if I just sat in the hospital bed and, moped around. Brett, you mentioned the moment you could walk again. You knew that golf was necessary for your sanity. Did you think it was a professional golf or just golf in general that you were going to try to approach? Um, yeah, I had status on Latin American tour um, and was playing pretty well when I uh, when I did um, play out there. So I I felt like I was a little bit cheated or, you know, I didn't want my career to end this way. Uh, so after about 10 to 12 weeks when things were starting to progress a little better physically. Um, you know, I, I had a goal. I wanted to play in a professional golf tour event. Um, and uh, I didn't want my career to end that way. So uh, that's what motivated me, really. Brett, how did you protect your confidence to be able to put everything back together? Um, you know, it was tough early on because I didn't know if my bad shots were because of my brain injury or if it was because of my technique or, or anything like that. But it was really just saying, um, you know, letting it go, uh, giving myself the freedom to make mistakes and um, keeping a great perspective on uh, game and life in general. Brett, your clubs will be switched for your sister Sarah's this week as she takes on LPGA Q School second stage. Can you give us a scouting report on Sarah's game and also a scouting report on your caddy skills? <laughs> uh, Sarah, she uh, she led the Symmetra Tour last year in driving distance, so that's definitely a strength. 
of hers. Um, she's got all the talent. She has all the shots. Um, she's just, you know, she's a little young still, so she's got a lot to learn. But uh, I have all the confidence in the world in her game and her abilities. Um, as far as my caddying ability, I, I try to uh, let her be the boss and let her tell me what she needs. Um, you know, I'm pretty good at uh, giving out good numbers, but um, I, I know what players need for the most part because I've, I've been there. So that's what I bring to the caddying table. Now, Brett, you can hit it, but Sarah is really, really long. So, like, you know, standing there side by side, you know, who hits it longer? Be honest. Uh uh, when when I first got back uh, after the hospital, she definitely outdrove me. Um, but I'm uh, I'm sneaky short or sneaky long, as I like to say. Um, I can poke it out there with the best of them. Well, Brett, it's great to see you smiling. So much more ahead for you. Thank you so much for your time. Best of luck in the caddy gig with your sister as well. We'll speak to you soon. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Great to have Brett White with us. What a journey he has gone through. He Turn to Jin Young Ko, world number two on the LPGA Tour, looking for more, trying to chase down Nelly Korda. We'll bring back Paige McKenzie in just a bit. Golf Central Update, brought to you by Callaway Golf. Back on golf today, the LPGA's top Korean stars return home as the tour makes its annual visit to South Korea for the BMW Ladies Championship. The tournament was not held in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So we are down to three events remaining on the LPGA Tour schedule, BMW Ladies, Pelican Women's Championship, and of course the CME Group Tour Championship, November 18th through 21st, down in balmy Naples, Florida. Time now for Fact Check. We turn once again to Paige McKenzie as we do a little LPGA Fact Check. Paige, I'm nervous. Oh, she got the glasses. I'm prepared. Oh, I, the, you, you got them. I like it. It's a good look. Oh, uh, they look a little ridiculous. <laughs> Anyhow, we will get us started kicking off. Uh, obviously, this is a limited field event, as are most of the Asian events. So only 84 players in the field. So under over, guys, the number of Americans in the field, I'm setting it at 15. Ooh, I, I'm, I'm going to go under. I'm just going to go under because of what we discussed earlier with John Rahm. Some players need a little bit of rest. I'm going to go under 15, Paige. I'm going to say that uh, they, they need the points, though. It's not time to rest. There's still more golf on the counter. I'm going to say over. This goes to Shane. Uh, there's only 10 wow. Americans in the field this week. It's shocking. Typically, the LPGA Asia swing includes about five events. Because there's only one event, you can see a lot of players picking and choosing not to go all the way over to Asia for this big trip. But if you're going to keep an eye on an American, keep an eye on Danielle Kang. She was runner-up here in 2019, the last time this event was played. And she's coming off a third-place finish last week at the Ladies European Tour event, the Aramco Team Series, that was played in New York. So if there's a player that you want to root for, if you're looking for an American player playing this week, Danielle Kang would be a good one to keep an eye on. Nice, Danielle Kang. All right, question number two. Question number two, name this player that jumped seven world ranking points last week, but hasn't had a top 10 on the LPGA in two months. Mm, I'm going to say Caroline Masson. Good I, guess. I, I, Not I, accurate. I will take uh, Danielle Kang just because you just mentioned her. 
No, it's actually Charlie Hull. Oh, and it's related to that Ladies European Tour event. She won individually uh, last week. So she jumped up to 34th in the world. She's actually played really well in these Aramco series events. This is her third one, and all three were top five. So perhaps she can take a little momentum into the LPGA. Only two LPGA top tens this season, but obviously moving into a very pivotal point of the season as everyone's you know, gearing up for the CME Group Tour Championship. All right, you got a third question. Uh, see okay. if you can stump us here. I, I do have a third question. Who, and this is maybe a little more subjective, who has the most to gain this week? I, I continue to go with Jin Young Ko. I just think she can, the momentum is there, the way she's playing is there, has a chance to truly overtake what we've seen this season from Nelly. So I just feel like ride the hot hand right now. I'm going to go Jin Young Ko. Same, Jin Young Ko. Uh, she, we've seen her finish the year strong before. She seems to have her groove back. She has her eye on the prize. Jin Young Ko for me as well. I think that's the obvious answer. She clearly has a lot on the line. But I'm going to quote Charlie Reimer and tell you it's about putting meat in the pot. <laughs> it's about making sure you're keeping your job and your status and playing opportunities. And for me, I'm looking at about a dozen players sitting outside the top 60 on the race to the CME Globe, which is the cutoff for that final tour championship event. And anybody in the tour championship has the opportunity to win that massive first place prize and playing for, I think, $5 million uh, in per total purse. So here's a couple of the notables. Uh, Marina Alex, Alim Kim, the U.S. Open champion from last year. And then there's a handful of players also outside the top 80, which is the premier status for keeping your LPGA uh, most favored status, I guess, for next year. Some of those players, like Cheyenne Bronte and uh, He Young, still have some status based on their previous wins, but there's a lot at stake with so few events remaining on the LPGA schedule. Mm -hmm. Put a little meat in the pot, one of the great statements in our great game. Great job, Paige. Thanks for the fact check. Next time we'll do a little bit better, we promise. Thanks, guys. All right, that is our own Paige McKenzie coming up on Golf Today. Kamrakawa, UC Berkeley alum. Turned out to be a pretty safe bet at the CJ Cup. A couple people told you so. Mm -hmm. Locks of the week. We're doing pretty good so far. Our points bet relationship. Back in a bit.